It's the afternoon delight on ESPN Pittsburgh on the first Victory Monday in too long. And who better to discuss Steelers, Colts, everything we saw yesterday than our buddy Chris Carter, DK Pittsburgh Sports, and the Locked On Steelers podcast. Kind enough to join us just about every single Monday here on the program. Chris, I hope you are well, my friend, and uh, let's jump right into it here. Uh, Was yesterday, was that a a, a real kickstart to a season that felt like it was on life support? Or was it just a nice comeback, but but still a team that has a, a lot of issues they need to work out? I mean, the Steelers got issues to work out with. But the thing is that, you know, we were waiting to say, when would the switch for Ben Roethlisberger go off in his head? When would he go back, get back to doing the thing? And, and I think it confirmed a few things that, you know, had been said that I, that I was disagreeing with for months. Um, you know, people were saying for a while that it was uh, – you know that that it was uh, you know that he had that he could he didn't have the arm anymore his knees weren't there and that this was physical and he was done he couldn't make the throws and then we see oh wait yes he can make the throws he just has he just uh, the problem's been mental the problem's been what's been going on and what he's been seeing down the field and to me that uh, that screams more to what's been this Ben Roethlisberger's problem than anything else and and again I mean the Steelers have had other issues but. The main thing has been Ben Roethlisberger. If he can play at the level that they're paying him and the level that, that he's expected to be as, as you know as the captain of the offense, then this team can be anybody. And we saw that while they were down 17 to a team that was ranked in the top 10 in both offense and defense uh, with three minutes to go in the third quarter. The offense turned it on. The defense shut it down. Um, I, you know, I, I, again, I think that a lot of this has just been mental and in his head. And if it's, if it's the spark that gets him back to playing the way he did through the first 10 games, it could come at the perfect time for the Steelers. I think that's well said. So like, like sticking with that, you know, you and I both on this show and other things that we do, everybody in this town who, whose job revolves around the Steelers or is just a Steelers fan. Like we've debated the offense at nauseum the last few weeks. Uh, was yep. it was it as simple as what we saw yesterday, Chris, that as Ben goes, they go? Or is there a little bit more in the minutiae there? Like the offensive line looked better in the second half. The wide receivers looked better in the second half. Is it as simple as that on the surface? Or, or does that, that minutiae play maybe maybe a bigger role at times than, than we want to think? I mean, uh, there's, the other stuff is there too, but I mean, the, the, the it's crazy because the, the receivers were getting open in the first half, just like they were getting open against Buffalo and against Washington, and against Baltimore and against Cincinnati. The issue was, had been been seeing them and getting the ball there. Now, yes, there had been drops here and there. There had been an issue. But um, when you look at the big reason is why the ball wasn't continuously moving down the field, Ben wasn't taking enough opportunities. And you got to trust that he's going to find the answer because, again, he's the captain. He's the highest-paid player on the team. He's the guy that that you're that, that you built the entire offense around. You went and drafted Chase Claypool and signed Eric Ebron to make sure that he basically had six receiving weapons that he could count on this year. Um, and uh, you know, this is uh, I think that this is about him getting it back together. The offensive line did get better. I also think that Kevin Dotson has basically earned a starting spot on this team until he yes. um, unless he down the field, 
but just hit three or four of those deeper passes, and then the defenses start to be on their heels, and they start to open up all those other things. And then James Conner can help you more. And then the shallow crosses are there so that you don't have to throw those balls as much. But you've got to mix it up more. Uh, and, again, I can't emphasize this enough, Wes. It wasn't the play calling. And Eric Ebron, he confirmed this morning, he was like, you know, these were plays that we were practicing all throughout the week. It was just a matter of executing when the play call was there. And I think Ben Roethlisberger did it. And whatever this was, if he got out of the slump, I think the Steelers are in a great place right here. Yeah, without a doubt. If it looks more like that, they have certainly got a chance to to go on that run that that we all uh, thought that they could. And I think that's kind of the the tightrope to walk, Chris. Um, At times this season, it felt like we were penciling the Steelers into the AFC Championship game against the Chiefs. I don't think any of us, I don't think any of us are back to that point, but you know what, Chris, we got hope, man. We got hope. We got no jobs. (laughs) We got no cash. We got no Devin Bush. We got no Bud Dupree, but we got some hope. Chris Carter with us here (laughs) on the afternoon delight. He, of course, of DK Pittsburgh sports and the locked on Steelers podcast, buddy, somebody, uh, probably not the Pittsburgh Steelers, unfortunately, but somebody is going to uh, to back up the Brinks truck for Mike Hilton this offseason, aren't they? Um, I don't know if it's going to be the Brinks truck, but it's going to be a good truck. Uh, <laughs> again, it's going to be what do people value for slot corners? And, and again, I'm the biggest Mike Hilton backer that you can find. I think this dude deserves that kind of money. I just think that slot corners are extremely underpaid. But somebody better pay this man. He is a playmaker. He is he's getting it done against the run. He 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 was he was part of both the Steelers force turnovers in that game. He had the interception and recovered TJ Watts fumble. Uh his instincts are all over the place that let allows you to to do so much on defense. You can line him up in all these different spots and he'll know where to go. Um you know someone should pay this guy. I just I don't know if teams have figured out how to consistently pay that position. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, you know, outside cornerbacks, people obviously have a value there. Slot corner and safety, they have a, a value there. Edge rusher, the value there. Slot corners, you know, people I think are still coming around to the fact that they need a consistent presence there. Um, but he, he, in my opinion, Mike Hilton deserves every dollar that comes his way. He should get a major contract. Someone should back up the Briggs truck for him. I just don't know what that's going to mean uh, in 2021. One guy that the Steelers are going to have to back up the Brinks truck for sooner rather than later, certainly. One T.J. Watt. Chris, in your yeah. mind, is he Defensive Player of the Year? Is it Aaron Donald, uh, 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 the, the local Pittsburgh boy, of course? Uh, is there a third candidate? Who's got, you know, heading into Week 17 here, final week of the season, who's, uh, you know, who's in the lead coming down the home, home stretch here in your mind? It's still T.J. Watt. He leads the league in sacks, and you're seeing him ignite a defense to be great in the in in the home stretch here. Uh, the, you know, his team won. You know, in big fashion against a major team, his team was able to win, and you saw him playing a huge factor in that. I, I think that people don't realize that a lot of times the voters, when they look at these things, they're going to look at the games that you know everyone's talking about and the highlights and the big moments and who stepped up here and there. And they're going to see him doing that yeah. uh, and helping the Steelers clinch the division um, against a really good Colts team that's extremely talented, has a franchise quarterback, has a really good offensive line. Even with the offensive tackles that, that, yeah. that they were missing, that's still a group that's, that, that, you, uh, that you absolutely have to respect. And um, I, I think people are going to see that and say, you know what, hey, I can, uh, I, I can vote for that this year. He didn't get it last year. 
Uh, and, and you can say different things about last year, but this year, sure. to me, he's been a consistent presence. He's also been healthy. You know, you could talk about Miles Garrett missing out on COVID and all these other excuses, but there's never been an excuse for T.J. Watt. He's just been getting it done all season long. You know, without a doubt, uh, seven edge rushers drafted ahead of T.J. Watt. I, I bet a lot of organizations would like to have those picks back for sure. Chris Carter with us here on ESPN Pittsburgh. He of DK Pittsburgh Sports and the Locked On Steelers podcast. Chris, if you were the decision maker for the Steelers, you know, if you were Mike Tomlin um, this weekend, you emphasizing rest or preparation against the Cleveland Browns? Is it sit the starters? Is it play the starters? Or is it maybe somewhere in between where it's, you know, preseason game? All right, we're going to play some starters, but we're going to have them on a snap count. Uh, Which direction would you go on Sunday in Cleveland? I'd look at this situation in a few different ways. One, I'd see how these guys are in practice. You know, I, I'd still want to see Ben Roethlisberger at least prepare for the game and be ready for that. But I also think that the you know, ref is vital here. But also, you you got to get Ben with his hot hand going. You know, it's tough to it's tough to overlook how poorly he played in the last month and how he turned around in that half. And you want to keep what he did in that half going. Um, and you got to be worried. Some of like you know, if you take him off a week after. The, you know, the week after he did that, does he lose that momentum? Does that go away? And also, if he starts hitting guys down the field and he plays well against the Browns, then that's tape that other teams look at and they're like, well, crap, we can't just sit on the underneath stuff anymore. We can't just jump in the box and, and, and hope for the best. we got to respect his deep ball. And then, again, that opens up a lot more for your offense. Because right now, if I'm a defense, I'm still coming out and say, oh, okay, you know, Ben, you did that. But now you got to keep doing that because sure. we're we're banking on that you're going to want to go back to the thing, the way that you were playing over the over the last month. You're going to want to try and check down and you're going to make those mistakes and we're going to force you to do that. Um, and if he can prove that he's beyond that, if he can prove that he's he's back to where he was earlier in the season, I think that that not only gives the Steelers confidence but gives a warning sign to other defenses and is going to put them in more of a guessing game that's going to open up so much more for the entire Steelers offense. So I, I go into this game thinking, okay, you want to protect Ben, and you want to protect a lot of your starters, but you don't want to lose the momentum. I, I would definitely consider, if you're playing this game, go in, play the first half, um, see if you can build a strong lead, or even see if you get a, like, like you said, preseason, if you get a few strong drives, maybe that's all you need. It's like, okay, you know what? We saw two or three touchdowns here. That's all we needed to see. Mason get in there, finish, finish this game out. Uh, and the same would go for J.C. Hoffman or for Pouncey, um, whoever you need to play David DeCastro with, um, T.J. Watt, Cam Hayward, Stephon to it, all those guys. You said all, you know, Joe Hayden, you said all those vets to rest, let them get to take the rest of that game off um, and let the other guys go to work. And, you know, I think that might help with your recovery, you yeah. know, going into the next week. But I just, I feel like, especially on offense, you cannot, you don't want to stop the momentum that they've built so far. Yeah, I think that that's well said. I agree with you there. I I wonder because we're now what five straight games I think uh, with no points on the opening drive. Nine straight games yep. with no points, or maybe that, I got that the other way. Did I get that the wrong way around? Nine straight games with uh, no yeah. points on the opening drive. Five straight games without any points in the first quarter. So yeah, you want to yeah. talk about momentum, Chris? If they could come out in Cleveland and score on the first drive, I think we'd all drop dead. How's that for yeah. momentum? <laughs> Um, as it stands right now, you know, kind of the, the rest and the prep is, is something that obviously we'll talk a lot about heading into Sunday. I think another thing is we're getting to that point now, really keeping an eye on potential first round matchups uh, for the Steelers, you know, potential opponents. 
Is there an ideal matchup for the Steelers in the first round in your mind? Is it a team like Miami maybe with the rookie quarterback and Tua, who we know Mike Tallman has a great track record against rookie quarterbacks? Um, is there a team, Chris, too, maybe that you're just saying, you know what, forget who they play. I just want them to avoid these guys, you know, maybe like Baltimore. Is, does any of that stand out to you as, as you know, now we're about a week from, from finding out how this all shakes out? I think the most dangerous team they could play right now of the of the, the the four or the five that they're looking at is is the Ravens because they played them twice already. Um, and Lamar Jackson, I think, is the most talented of the guys that they could face in this situation. Um, you know, you look at the Titans, Tannehill, he's good, but you know, Lamar Jackson takes it to another level. Um, I also think they can they could handle him and Derrick Henry again. Um, and that and that would now be in Pittsburgh most, uh, you know, because because they'd have that tiebreaker, right. um, even if they lost this next game. Um, I, I look at the Ravens and I see I see that you know still a team that feels like they're they're so close to beating the Steelers, and if the Steelers just have a few things go against them, that could be a game that they lose. But I, I think the Dolphins, like you said, with Tua or with Ryan Fitzpatrick, I think they could they can handle them in both those situations. Um, I think the Colts, just the way you took their best shot and then you still came back from, I think that's still sitting on them. Um, and uh, and also, I mean, even the Browns, even though they would have, have played the Browns three times, I think the Browns, especially if you beat the Browns in this next game, they're they're going to be wilting. They just lost to the Jets, and now they thought they were done being the little brother, and now it proves, nope, they, you're still little brother and you're getting whipped on. Um, I think that they you're still seeing the cracks in that organization. So, um I, you know, Ravens are the team you wouldn't want to see, but the thing is, Wes, is you can't even predict anymore. Like, there's no strategy right. as far as you know should they win or should they lose because all the teams are ten and five, and, they, <laughs> and they, anything could be the situation uh, going into next week. So, for me, the Steelers just need to worry about themselves. Play your own game. Look to win the game. Look to protect your starters as best you can. If you do that, it won't matter who you play because you'll be ready for for the, for the first round of the playoffs. Just one or two more here with our buddy Chris Carter with us here on the Afternoon Delight. Chris, everybody is already, I've seen it from people on Twitter. I had two people tweet me about it already. I'm sure you probably did as well. People are already opining for Dwayne Haskins to Pittsburgh. Oh, why? <laughs> you, you, you have any interest in this? No. Uh, I, I like Dwayne Haskins as a prospect coming out of college. Um, I thought if you put him in the right system and around a group that could you know, that could raise him right in the NFL, he'd be good. But you see all the problems that he's had in Washington. I do think that uh, Jay Gruden didn't do him right. I do think that Ron Rivera never really gave him a fair shake. But this dude is making way too many dumb mistakes, um, not just on the field, but, I mean, and it's not even, it's a poor decision. Just going to the strip club and obviously exposing them what, they, what that means. And then, you know, how he's handled interviews and just, you see, you see all of that, and you're just like, listen. As much as it would be a great story for him to go somewhere and, and clean his, clean himself up and, and show that he could play in the NFL, I'm sorry, I'm not putting. I'm, you know, if I'm if I'm an organization I, and I'm running it, I'm not letting him. I'm not letting us be a cleanup project for him unless he's a third stringer. And you know, this is just to see how he practices in training camp. Uh, but but for me, no, I'm not touching. Uh, I'm not touching Dwayne Haskins with a 39 and a half foot pole. Oh, you're a mean one, Mr. Carter. Yeah, I'm, yes, I am. I, I'm with you. All that stuff that you just said, plus, like, people forget, too, last year, he got his first win with, well, they weren't the football team back then, but I'll still call them the football team. He got his first win last year, 
and they couldn't find him to go out on the field to take the victory formation snaps because he was snapping selfies with the fans back in the stands yeah. behind the bench. Like, yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. I I I I hope that he gets it moving in the right direction, and I hope that somebody gives him a second chance because he certainly deserves one, and he's got the talent and the pedigree. Uh, but yeah, not not here in Pittsburgh, not when we're trying to win right now, uh, and with the roster built here. Last one for Chris Carter before I let you go, buddy. Uh, I saw you get into a little bit of a spirited debate on Twitter this weekend. So I was just wondering, Chris, we all know the NFL is king. What's the second most popular sports league in the United States of America? It's easily the NBA. I I don't understand how this is a question. The NBA, what what other day in professional sports is like Christmas Day for the NBA? You know, you get... You get the Super Bowl. You get—I mean, the, the whole NFL playoffs, and it's really all their events are like that. But the NBA runs it, and, and I, you know, I, I brought this up, and I was like, if you look at how the league is built and how everything stops, you know, everyone talks about LeBron, and you hear what's, what's talked about on the sports shows, you know, and, and not just ESPN. For all those who are like, well, ESPN just does that because they have they play the NBA on their channel. Fox Sports One—it it dominates their conversations too because they know that's what draws uh, the ratings. Speaks for itself. This is the first time in, I think, the past, like, what, like five, eight years that, that uh, the World Series outranked the, the NBA in uh, finals in ratings. And, again, mm-hmm. it was because this, this was the weirdest year in history and everything else um, is going on. This, the NBA still is the clear number two. Um, and, you know, again, I broke, if you break down, like, the revenue for how many games are played, the NBA plays the fewest games of the other three that aren't football. And – they still find a way to make more off of those games in profitability than the other sports do when you look at per game played to their total revenue. Um, they got the star power. They've got the TV power. They've got the ad power. And, and they, they know how to market their stuff. I mean, I mean, there's no, you know, they, they, you know, they, you know there's, there's no, there's no big, there's no stars like there are stars in the NBA right. and on, on all these other leagues. And there are stars. Sidney Crosby's huge. But, I mean, come on, LeBron James is, is on a completely different level, just like Michael Jordan was on a completely different level. Uh, you know, Kobe Bryant. And even, like, the guys who you would, I guess, say are the B-level stars after LeBron, like, you know, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry. Kyrie uh, Irving. Gupo, Kyrie Irving. I mean, these are all superstars to a level that is not comparable. Like, you have, you have a litany of those guys if you're comparing how big they are compared to guys in hockey or guys in baseball. Yeah. It's a clear number two that is the NBA in, in, uh, in all of sports. I don't care what anybody says. Um, you know, I've, been, I've been looking at the numbers. I've been looking at you know, the following, and, and they have established themselves as that. Could another league make a move? Maybe. But I, I honestly think the way basketball is growing, um, they're, going, it's going, they're going to be a huge part of American and world culture and sports for quite some time. Yeah, I'm with you. I, 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 I've had you for here on the show. I mean, I got to let you get back to the things you really got to do, and I'm five minutes overdue <laughs> for a break, but I would love to continue this conversation with you because I think you just touched on it there at the end, Chris. Man, could baseball and hockey really learn <laughs> seminars from from the NBA when it comes to, to yep. marketing and promoting their best players and their game? I think that's well said by you, and Chris – I mean, you, Pittsburgh's a better baseball town than it gets credit for. Certainly, we love uh, love hockey and all the success that the Penguins have had over the last three decades. But if you look up, if you look at Fox Sports or ESPN or NBC or yep. Barstool, yep. like wherever you get your sports news, as soon as the Super Bowl's over in February, 
It's they're, they're, it's basketball. Ba- it, 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 like like sports shows are about football for about eight nine months of the year, and then the other three four yep. months of the year they're about basketball. Like that that's just yep. the way it is, and I think that's well said by you, Chris and, Carter. Go and ahead, also go ahead. Think, think think about this, Wes. It's not just a, just about the TV shows. What is the what are the biggest college leagues it, you know that, that that we pay attention to? Is it college? Do, do people really watch the Frozen Four? How many people watch the, <laughs> the college, college World, World Series? Series? Yeah. You know, like you know, it's it's March Madness and the college football playoffs, and even the insequential bowl, you know, the non sequential bowl games that don't matter anything. They get huge ratings. You know, uh, you know, it's it's it, those are the two dominant sports in this country. I don't care what anybody says. They 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 run what's going on here, and uh, and college basketball you can argue maybe is bigger than the NBA because there's such a there's just such a strong alma mater following by so many people all across the country, but. Um, I, you look at the two sports themselves; they just they speak so much louder when you look at how how they're perceived and how they're talked about all across the country. Couldn't agree more. Chris Carter, DK Pittsburgh Sports, the Locked On Steelers podcast. Follow him on Twitter at Carter Critiques. Hear him weekly on this show, buddy. I appreciate the time as always. I'll talk to you next week and, and happy New Year, my man. Yes, yeah, sir. Happy New Year.